you have your Bible, go with me, go with me to uh, Acts chapter 4. Um, I, this hour, um, a couple weeks ago, Joe came and shared uh, with you kind of how um, an Israelite wedding concept might take place, uh, where a guy would take his, um, go over and visit with the, uh, the father, and they would negotiate a price, uh, and then the father would drink a glass of wine, and and then the daughter would ultimately drink a glass of wine, and they said, okay, now we're going to get married, and he would go home and, and build a house and come back and get her. Uh, there was no need for a wedding planner. There was no need to reserve a venue. Uh, there was no need to go spend a lot of money on a dress. There was no such thing as say yes to the dress back in those days. Um, but here we are as, as we gather on this communion table, and so Joe started me in a thought process. He shared with us a couple weeks ago. And so I started to think about as we gather this morning around communion, what does this table mean? What is this table for us? What does it look like typically as we gather around communion? There's, you know, there's certain things that we're going to do. We're going to pass the bread. We're going to pass the, the cup. Uh, we're going to sing some songs in between there and you know, kind of walk out the door. And so as you come off Thanksgiving weekend, you sat at a dinner table, you ate certain things, probably ate too much, but whatever you did on your Thanksgiving, you sat at that table. There were some expectations when you went to Thanksgiving. Here we are this morning at a table. We call it communion. And a lot of times when we gather for communion, we don't really think past the body that was given, the blood that was shed. What else? As I sit with my father at this table, what else is entailed? Who is that father now that I'm sitting with? I'm partaking in, yeah, I, I got this. So if you're looking at in Acts chapter 4, you got some disciples, and the Holy Spirit's come upon these, these guys, and they're involved in ministry, and they're walking around, and they're going to heal somebody, and it's going to cause a, a huge controversy, and people are going to get upset about it. And so now Peter's going to get a chance to step up in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things I think that, that we don't really think a lot about. We think about, well, Peter... But we don't think if, if the Holy Spirit didn't empower Peter, he's, there's no strength in Peter. It's the Holy Spirit in him. So the Holy Spirit's going to give Peter some words, going to give Peter some courage, and Peter's going to share some things. So if you go to Acts chapter 4 and verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, so you got Peter's in the midst, and they're going to ask him the question, by what power... Or by what name did you do this? So the healing of this person, so just keep on reading. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man. So they've done a good deed to a crippled man. That crippled man can now walk. By what means this man was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. So he wants to make sure, as he's in front of this crowd, where, who healed the guy? It wasn't Peter, okay? 
And Peter wants everybody to know in Acts chapter 4, and those leaders that are, that are putting him on trial, okay, look, I want you to know, then look what he says. This Jesus is the stone which you rejected. So you leaders, you rejected the stone. The builder has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name by heaven given unto men by which we must be saved. I want you to be very clear. We are saying that this morning. As we celebrate communion as a family, as a staff person, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, whatever it looks like, I'm saying to you today, and if I go look at John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through Jesus. So I want to be very clear this morning that we're celebrating Jesus' sacrificial death for our sin. There's no other way you're going to get to heaven. But what's interesting is, I don't know how many of you have partaken in that. I don't know how many of you have chosen to say, you know what, I believe that. I accept that. In a world that's going around and around and getting crazier and crazier, things are being said, but are we, are you, coming back to the Scriptures and say, okay, where is salvation found? Good works, going to church, doing what my parents do. Salvation is only found through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if you believe that this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to enter into communion with us. We're excited about that opportunity. But it's an opportunity that you have to make individually. Your choice about Jesus individually is very, very important. We're getting ready to go into lights and presents, and, and I know what's going to take place. On Christmas morning, there's going to be presents underneath your tree. You know what else is interesting? I know something else. There will not be one present go unwrapped. You will not unwrap them. That one, uh, oh, that one. You, what you'll probably do is you'll start pushing the ones aside that have your name on them. So I'm going to offer you a gift this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross. As I get a chance to, to read with you and go through communion, he, he tells his disciples, I'm going to give my body. I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb. Do this in remembrance of me. And you're probably saying, you know what, Pastor, we go to church, we've been to communion, we've done that a lot. But I want to say something else to you this morning. As you gather at this table, if you have your Bible, go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. As I sit at this table this morning, and we have an opportunity to take communion, in just a little bit we're going to do that, I want to read you another passage. John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. If you love me, Jesus' words, you will keep my commandments. Now look at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper or a comforter to be with you. What does your Bible say next? Forever. How much time did you spend with the helper this week? I know you all have chaos. I know all of you have issues. I know all of us in this room are broken. 
But what I don't know is, how many of us sat down with the helper this week and said, I need some comfort. I need some help. I need that voice of the spirit of truth. As I read through the scriptures, I need you. That is also offered this morning. As you celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection, as you sit at Jesus' feet this morning, as you sit at the table, the comforter's here. The one who wants to get involved in the midst of your chaos and say, hey, I'm, I'm there. In the midst of the brokenness. How many of us pause this week and say, you know what? I just don't understand. I can't figure I need There's also something else that's here this morning. Take your Bible and go with me to Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71. Now, I realize that you live in a very you know, fast-moving, incredible age. You can read anything. You got notebooks. You got iPads. You got all this other stuff. One of the things I, I just like probably more now than I ever have is my Bible. And I like to read the words of my Bible. I like to hear what God is saying to me this morning. So it's typical to gather around communion. We're going to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But I want to remind you in John chapter 14, the helpers here, I also want to remind you this morning something that's really interesting. It's hope. As I sit at the communion table this morning, and I sit with my Father, there will never be a day that I will not have hope. If you look at Psalm 71 and verse, verse 5, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. O Lord, from my youth. If you go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, most of you know that as love is patient, love is kind. The very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, he says this. So now faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. As you gather this morning in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of the chaos of whatever happened this week, how many of us pause and say, wait a second, hold on. I got a hope. There will never be a day for you to If you know who Jesus is, that you will not have hope. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of like the whole Amazon thing, and I kind of, you know, search around. I love shopping, and it gets sent to my house, and I don't have to go out in the midst of the chaos. It's kind of cool. But if we could bottle up hope and put it on Amazon, do you know how much money we can make? But you know what's interesting? How many of us told anybody this week that we had hope? How much of our talk this week was about all the chaos? Instead of sitting down and saying, hold on a second, I know who my father is. And 2,000 years ago, my father had a plan to send his son to die on a cross. Yeah, I want to celebrate I am forgiven of sins. 
I am free this morning from, from that, but also I have comfort today because I sit with this table. I have hope today because I sit at this table. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who my Savior is. And so we're going to take communion in just a second. But I want to encourage you. You sang some songs. Go tell it on the mountain. What would you go tell them about? Do we know more than just the manger scene? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about the shepherds. That's pretty cool. Let me tell you about this little guy who was born in the manger. Let me talk to you about the donkey. Let me talk about this. Or will we sit down and say, whoa, hold on a second. Let me tell you about who my father is. That as I navigate Highlands County in the, in the month of December, as I enter into the chaos, I have comfort. Is it really in Christ alone for you? I don't know about for you, but the more I sit with my scriptures, it's Christ plus this, 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 and this. Is it really for you this morning as you sit here as a family member saying, you know what, Christ, you're all I need. I just got to have a relationship with you. That's all I've got to have. It's you. You're the foundation of my life. We sit at this table. We celebrate. But a biblical maturity step would be saying, you know what? Because of this, it is Christ alone. And it's continuing working out more of Christ in my life the older that I get. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're worthy. You're all I need. Is that us this morning? Before the guys come, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you know Jesus Christ personally, this communion table is for you. I want to say something else. We don't have video cameras in here. Uh, we're not, we don't have people sitting in certain spots saying, oh, by the way, watch this section. If somebody doesn't take communion, we'll meet you in the foyer. Okay, now, we don't have that. That's not what we're here for. you've been here for tradition for year after year, you never really thought about, this is where my comfort comes from. This is where my hope comes from. I'm praying that you'll take a spiritual maturity step. That this table will be the table of your life, that you would sit day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, say, wow, I can navigate. Because I find my strength there. Before they, they walk down, I know I'm running late here on time. Some of you will wake up tomorrow morning and you'll drink this right here. I don't know why you do. It's kind of nasty to me. It's like stinks. And, but anyway, you partake in what's called a cup of coffee. My prayer is tomorrow morning when you wake up with your cup of coffee that your Bible will be there too. And you would partake with your Father. And you'd find your comfort in your Father and His words left to you. You'd find hope in your Father 
in the midst of whatever it looks like for you, you say, you know what? It could be whatever, but I know who my dad is. And I'll always have hope because my dad's there. Because my father's there. Because 2,000 years ago, he said, hey, I want to make a way so that Patterson would have comfort. So that Patterson would have forgiveness of sin. So that Patterson would have hope. I want to partake in those things. If you're playing games with Jesus, just let the cup go today. If you're living in open sin, just let the cup go. Or spend some time, make it right before you take communion. So I'm just going to give you just a little kind of a quiet time. Pastor Jordan's going to play here just a minute. Just get your heart right before Jesus. Before we enter into, say, you know what? I, I, I believe this. I receive this. I'm celebrating his forgiveness of my sin today. But I'm not just celebrating that. I'm celebrating comfort today. I'm not just celebrating that. I'm celebrating hope today. Because that's who my father is. So I'm going to give you just a little time. Pastor Andy, would you come help me? Father, we've gathered on a road and have on Hammock Road and a family. We're pausing this morning to celebrate communion, to celebrate what Jesus did for us. So we're excited and we're thankful, Jesus, for what you've done. But may we be sons and daughters that just go. We love you for what you've done. We love you for who you are. We love you because there's comfort today. There's hope today. There's strength today. Because it's you, Jesus, in us. So, Father, thank you for the privilege to celebrate. Thank you for giving us life today to be able to celebrate this. It's your name I pray. Amen.